So when I was a kid, I really wanted a video game console. And it just wasn't in the cards for kind of where my parents were at that stage in their lives. And so I wound up for at least the beginning of, of my life, my most of my experience with video games was actually through computer games, uh, but not uh, not maybe regular computer games, but Commodore 64 games specifically. And uh, it used to be that you could actually go to a Commodore store, like the Commodore 64 store, and in that store they would sell a bunch of software, uh, a vast majority of which was pirated software. So uh, I, I had, my, my dad would take me there every now and then, and if I was lucky I'd get a game. And uh, one time we picked up uh, Super Mario World, which if you're, if you're following carefully, you're probably thinking, well, that's weird because that was never on the Commodore 64. And you're right, it wasn't. And years later, what I would learn happened was that I had actually purchased a, a ROM hack of, uh, of, well, it wasn't of Mario. It was actually of a game called uh, uh, Gianna Sisters, which is a, a very, very easy ripoff of Mario Brothers. But what had basically happened is someone took the ROM, went into it, and replaced the sprites. And so instead of a sister, you were now controlling Mario and the levels were already pretty much a ripoff of Mario levels, so they didn't need to change too much else. And this really caused like a huge disconnect between me and my friends growing up because I would be playing this game, this ROM hacked game, and they would be playing something just oh so slightly different. And so like, uh, well, in in Commodore Mario, there there aren't Goombas; they're just owls that kind of look like Goombas. <laughs> And so, you know, we'd, we'd get into an argument. We'd be like, you, you know, hey, guys, I, I killed a bunch of Goombas in Mario. And I'm like, well, they're kind of owls. And, you know, it would just it would be stuff like that. And I, I very specifically remember nearly getting into a fist fight because they were talking about warp zones. And they're not fucking there in Gianna Sisters. There are no warp zones. And so they're like telling me how to get there. And I'm at the level and everything. And I'm climbing over the wall and stuff. And there is nothing there. At the uh, at the end of the first castle, you don't fight Bowser. You you do fight a boss on a bridge, but it's not Bowser. It's just a giant earwig, <laughs> <laughs> like a giant bug. And so basically, like everyone I fucking grew up with thinks I'm crazy because I'm like, did you guys get to the giant earwig yet? And they're like, no, we beat that game, and there is not a giant <laughs> earwig. Hey everybody, this is the Enemy Slime Podcast, episode 13. We have Jared, Jay, Michael, myself, and we've got so much stuff to talk about that we have to speed through everything, which if you just listen to that long-winded story, we're not speeding through anything. <laughs> so we're basically just breaking even now. Yeah. I like to take my times when I muse. I popped in a Werther's original right before telling it. <laughs> now that and, brings uh, you back to your childhood. <laughs> yeah, I, I rocked in my chair while I said it. So, do, did we have any news this week, or are we just going to pop right into... We got to pop right into games, because we got Rainblood and State of Decay, and... You don't want to talk about Blizzard. We could talk about anything that you want to talk about, babe. <laughs> there you go. Talk about... Uh, there's, nothing, there's nothing really saying. I think they... I feel like they're the only ones that had any kind of news this week. Well, I mean, you, you know, I mean, I guess, like, some consoles might launch or something. Yeah, that might happen, too. Maybe. I do think Blizzard said that they want to start releasing World of Warcraft expansions at a faster clip, which I at a faster thought, clip. Yeah, which I thought was odd because I, I really would expect that World of Warcraft would be like on its way out the door, and they're like, no, 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 we're just going to keep 
increasing our output of World of Warcraft expansions. You haven't seen I anything guess. yet. Apparently. It's just instead of being kings, they have to be like princes now. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's, More like lords of the land. They they all every every Blizzard empo- em- employee has to fire one of their slaves. They all wear gold <laughs> rings and eat oversized turkey legs. Right. I guess you don't really fire a slave, but... No, they're just going to have to skip out on that one sports car this year. They can still buy the other six, though. They can still buy another copper statue to go in front of the building. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I guess I guess the new expansion sounds okay, kind of. It's I don't know that I don't know that there's anything they can do now to excite me about that game. And this expansion sounds like a bunch of stuff that they should have done like years ago. That's the thing is like I do we do we know where the player how so I I stopped playing WoW a long time ago like like Burning Crusade era. Mm-hmm. Um there was always a spot in Stormwind that was blocked off that looked like it would become an instance, but but wasn't. Yeah, yeah. Is that where the player housing is going, or is there already something there, or do we There's even know that there. much? I don't know where these player homes are going to end up <laughs> once they release it. According to the the like screenshot they showed of the map, where that has like, oh, you've got this dot here. It's like you can put a blacksmith here, and you can put a lumber yard here. It's almost like. Uh, not quite like player housing as much as maybe having like a tiny little village of your own, or maybe that was just like guild housing or something. Do you do you think that the reason that they're able to do something big like player housing now is because their subscriber numbers have dropped? Like, do you think that might be? I don't think so. I, one it, of the reasons it strikes, why it strikes me as something. It's like you know, here come suddenly now MMOs that have a good idea to them, and it's going to be like one day soon. You know, it wasn't any of the ones we saw last year or ones that we're going to see this year. But it's going to be one day soon, some MMO is going to come out that's going to knock World of Warcraft off its off its throne. And it might not be World of Warcraft too, like everyone thought it would be. So I think this is kind of like, you know, let's really make this push for this final cash grab before we're no longer the champions. The question Do you think about- we'll ever see another MMO that's such a gar- runaway success like wow or well, I, is hope, that- I hope not because in order to be a runaway success <laughs> like that you kind of have to you have to cater to as many people as possible which i always feel like maybe isn't the best course of action like for the actual community i well, mean it's but- great it's great for the company because they get bazillions of bucks which is nice for them but i feel like maybe like it took them so long to add player housing which is confusing because I would have thought that people wanted that and, and maybe they did, but if people wanted it, then why did Blizzard not add it until just recently? Especially when some uh, MMOs like Rift, they added in like almost on a whim, just like a year in. I was, I was going to say, I think you're failing to understand what people really want because they don't want player housing. They want to kill Grog Yellscream. <laughs> whatever. <laughs> they, they're, they're... People do kind of want to kill Hellscream. Hellscreams. Yeah, Hellscream. That's it. I, I, I thought it was I, Yellscream. It's not Yellscream. It's Hellscream. Grom but um, yes. <laughs> that's a little redundant. Uh, I don't know. My I mean, fo- don't, my fondest memories think... of UO were, you know, having my own house and going out on my ship and fishing and running into wind elementals and dying. Well, I would I'd definitely love to see more of that shit. It's like when part of the reason I was so excited for Grand Theft Auto Online was. To, it sounded like something different. I could go online and take things at my own pace, and then I learned all of that was kind of untrue. And yeah, <laughs> I'm with you. Well, I, I hope that 
I hope that someday we we get our dream MMO. I think that I think that you will see another MMO that reaches that same peak of success. It's just it's just probably a ways off, and it's probably going to be steeped in an existing franchise like World of Warcraft was when it came out. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. I mean, Ever- like, EverQuest looks promising. It's like sure. you know the two titles coming out from that. So I don't think they're going to be the next big thing, but they certainly look interesting. Well, and all, all signs don't seem to indicate that it's a great game, but like Elder Scrolls Online and stuff, it's going to be something like that where it's going to take an existing franchise and they'll they'll spin it off into a you know an MMO that's actually good instead of something like Old Republic or you know <laughs> I, I always I always thought Star Wars was ripe for that kind of stuff and that there just hasn't been a developer that came along and figured it out yet. And Star, maybe... Star Wars Galaxies was actually really good, um, which is why, of course, it's offline now. But uh, And that's why the Old Republic is, is still living Problem on. Problem solved. <laughs> wasn't, it, wasn't it good and then they made a lot of changes to basically make it World of Warcraft but, and that's what killed it the first time? There was something called like the... I was never really subscribed to it. I don't think I, I was on. I was always on like trials, but I really loved it every time I played it. And I guess before it died, there were some sort of combat additions, and they did something to make it so that virtually everybody could play as a Jedi. So yeah. that's what everybody did, mm-hmm. and it kind of cheapened everything. And they just kind of tried to streamline everything too much to the point where I don't know. There just wasn't really any enjoyment to any of the game system. You know, you just click once and then everything's done for you for the most part. They just, they, they had a catch 22 where, you know, a lot of people were like, well, this is too hard and I don't, I don't want to pay, you know, a monthly fee if I can't even use a damn lightsaber. And, uh, and so they're like, well, we'll make it easier. And then when they make it easier, all the people who worked so hard to get that, are pissed off and and from that point forward like they were just never able to get back on the horse after that like there was never any way to win uh past that point like that's just a mistake that you can't recover from yeah i mean for me i i was pretty content just wandering around on tatooine and surveying the geology and building droids and stuff but i guess everybody else wanted to be a jedi so yeah such is life Uh, i mean i don't know I, i i it's like i keep seeing these interesting ideas and it's like as good as the ideas are we talked about this earlier today it just couldn't get anything right you know it's it's terror had a great combat system they couldn't get it right and then the secret world had a ton of good ideas and they couldn't get anything right and it's like for everything they didn't get right they massively failed in something else that just made it not worthwhile man that sounds familiar <laughs> are you talking about state of decay what state of decay? My, I might be talking about state of decay. What a what strange is segue. state of decay? <laughs> well, state of decay was a zombie survivor, open world, blah 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 for Xbox Live Arcade that came out last year, right? Uh, is even that old? I thought it was this year. Was it this year? I, it might have been. I don't know. I'm, I don't I'm, think it's that old. Track. But the PC port uh, came out recently, and I'm responsible for reviewing it. Uh, so I, I started playing State of Decay, and I start out as a survivor called Marcus, which you don't know because it's a game that's very bad at explaining itself. So for all you know, your and, name is you. Yeah, but you, you, your name is you. That's how they started out. And it makes sense later on. It just doesn't make sense in the beginning. Uh, a lot of the game doesn't make sense in the beginning. You know, so you start out at this campsite, and it's like, okay, go check the ranger station. Go learn how the game is played by finding supplies, and it's all really boring. And it took me several days before I even wanted to play this video game, um, <laughs> just because it was so, 
you know, the, the, the list of problems I had even trying to start the thing, it was terrible. I started on my laptop, which is actually kind of a beefy machine. It doesn't have the best memory memory management, but once things get going, it's fine. It's powerful, whatever. Um, the game was so poorly optimized, I just couldn't get it to run right on the laptop. It was it was glitchy. Like my guy would move inches at a time, and then so finally, I sent it to my desktop. I'm like, let me try it here. Let me see if I can deal with this game's bullshit. And it got a lot more playable in the technical sense and that I could run it and that I could make my characters do things without a slowed down frame rate, but it was still kind of a miserable experience trying to play the game. And why was it such a miserable experience, you ask? Well, that has entirely to do with their ass-backwards camera. I guess it's kind of hard to describe it. It's, you know, one of those games where you kind of have to be in control of the camera at all times because it doesn't follow behind your character like yeah. most sane games do and and you know you want to be running and maybe like looking behind you while you're running somewhere or something like that yeah exactly especially when you like need to look at a target or something and keep your objectives in sight and all that kind of stuff and what this camera does it, it will wildly swing around every time you push it like even a little tiny bit and you know it just flies all over the place and it's 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 very hard to control the camera if you just leave the camera static and you try to move your guy he moves in these kind of weird directions and he kind of strafes rather than properly walking left or right. So you have to move the camera if you want to actually guide him in a direction. But the camera is just so difficult to control and so wild. It makes it such a pain in the ass to play. And after playing it, I think for a good hour or so, I actually started to develop motion sickness. That's how bad the camera is. <laughs> and, you know, my entire lifetime, I've only ever developed motion sickness playing one other video game. And that was, like, unfortunately, Mario Galaxy. So I never got to experience that. Um, goddamn shame. Yeah, it is a goddamn shame. Um, but, yeah, that's that's how bad the camera is, that I started to get a little bit of motion sickness playing this game. And there's not a lot to love about it once the game kind of starts up. It's, like, it's ugly as hell. I, I don't know what they were thinking when they made these graphics. It does have a graphic slider, but it doesn't do things, like, affect shadows or textures or anything else all it does is literally blow up the lighting in the game it always kind of defaults to 4.3 instead of automatically detecting 16.9 so you always have to wrestle with that whenever you restart the game uh there were like graphical glitches everywhere zombies would glitch through the floors and random things would just kind of like fall apart while i'm looking at them and my character would move through certain environmental objects like i'm pretty sure my character is not supposed to phase through rocks but he does <laughs> um, would this be a problem that would be solved with the controller like the, the camera and stuff like that or is it just shitty because it's a mouse and keyboard and it's just a lazy port or is it something where i, I think i see i might test it with a controller just to see it definitely feels like it's a very lazy port there's a there are a couple of mistakes they made early on that made it clear that this used to be on a console. Like, you know, you would look at one menu screen and it would be like, oh, press the right trigger or the left trigger to move through the screen. I'm like, there is no right trigger or left trigger on there. <laughs> um, you know, and they didn't make that mistake too too often, but they made it a few times. The controls are definitely, definitely not your kind of proper keyboard controls. Everything feels backwards. It's like, you know, space to do an action and... You know, it just just it just once you look at their button assignments, it's a little bit of a mess. And 
it was so overwhelming that I didn't even bother fixing them. That's how bad the button assignments were. So it, de- it definitely feels like it needed to be a better port. And it's definitely not optimized because there's no reason a game like that shouldn't have been able to run on the first machine I ran it on. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, I mean, those are my major gripes about the game. The first task they have you doing is very kind of it doesn't explain itself well. You feel you think you're looking for survivors, but in fact you're actually looking for supplies. It's so kind of like tight and restrictive that you have to search in a very particular circle that they want you to search in. And I found this out because I started searching cabins and then I walked wandered down to the water and I automatically failed the mission with no warning. I managed to restart it and I started exploring in a very super tight circle using, you know, this imminent warning that the mission was about to fail every time to figure out exactly where I was supposed to go. And so, you know, the first the first hour you know, or half hour or whatever it took me to do this of this game is absolutely fucking awful. <laughs> but once you get to the actual open world aspect of the game, then it starts to get a little better. And after you get away from the campsite and get into the main town and meet the other group of survivors, then it starts to do some pretty cool stuff. So I found a survivor called Maya. And by the way, the characters are awfully written in this game. To, you know, they, they really get on your fucking nerves. But it's fine because I found a solution to it. So I'm playing as Maya, who's this quote-unquote strong female character. And by that, I mean she's basically an old, ornery man who you know, just happens to have boobies. So I'm taking Maya and I'm exploring a couple of houses. So I open up the house and I'm immediately overwhelmed by a horde of zombies and this really weird zombie type called a screamer and you know they they basically put me through the ringer and i got to run out of that house and i got to use my shotgun and start taking them down which attracts the attention of a horde and you know i barely kind of scraped through that encounter i board up the windows for that house to buy me a little extra time i start searching for supplies you know i get out i try to get to my car a horde overwhelms the car i crash it into a tree and then i get out and the horde basically rips Maya apart and she's dead <laughs> and that's it and then you know was she was she supposed to die or are you just she's not supposed to die uh oh. or you know but i didn't get a game over it, it's a I, dynamic I, you can lose anybody who yeah yeah if, if somebody dies have, they're just dead and that's it and that's but it's not a problem dead. it's just how the game works i didn't and know then that. I, then i and then i jumped back to marcus the guy i started as and i'm like wow that was actually pretty fucking cool i took on you know more than i could chew um survival is definitely going to be an issue now since characters are fragile and i can lose them um i don't have to deal with maya anymore so that's a bonus and that's you know pretty awesome kind of system that they have there that it that the zombie apocalypse keeps going on even if you lose a character it's it's got another similar black flag syndrome where the actual story missions are terrible um but unfortunately it's it's a bit more of a requirement that you actually have to do the story missions because part of what can happen is over time supplies will run out. So you can go and raid a house, but that house will never have any supplies. And eventually you're going to reach some point in the game where all the supplies in that town are going to run out. So you kind of have to progress the story if you want things to keep going. Car handling is kind of meh. It's about as good as you would expect. Just finding other survivors and other stuff to do. I mean, so there's a lot of kind of cool stuff to the game and i think and i think the ability to lose characters in the game really adds uh, another dimension that i haven't seen quite yet in horror games and i think that's great but there's like so much that's bad about it that i just can't recommend it to anyone <laughs> i mean it sounds like there are plenty of 
alternatives that that probably would work just as well, if not better, for your for your zombie fix. I, unfortunately, my initial reaction to this game was Dead Island was a better experience for me, and I think even after seeing <laughs> that's a bad reaction to have to any a game. Bad reaction to have. Uh, I was not a fan of Dead Island. I was a fan of the trailer, the first trailer they showed with that little girl falling backwards out of the hotel window. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, everybody liked that. It's just the game. Nobody. It's just the game that that kind of sucks. No, not all the game sucks. The best part is uh, Sammy's rap song. That's I mean, awesome. Dead Island starts really good, especially when it's open and you're actually on the island in the resort. Like those parts are really fun. And uh, a lot of it comes from just the setting and things like that. But then the game starts being like, now let's go into the hidden military complex. And that's um, that's not interesting. Like the going underground and getting trapped in these corridors and stuff like that sucks. Which, by the way, I did read ahead on the quote unquote state of decay plot. And it's basically another one of those. So here comes the evil army, et cetera, et cetera. So. Uh, it doesn't look like it doesn't look like there's a lot of fun in store for that game. So yeah, go play go play um Dead Rising, I would say, instead. Um go play Project Zomboid if you're looking for a go play, simulator. Go play Project Zomboid. You know, State of Decay is probably not gonna be worth your cash. It's got some it's got some pretty cool ideas, but it's just not worth trying to struggle through it, I don't think. Hmm. Um and and that, the the other thing I can't stand Absolutely, it's the character animations. Like the character animations are just so—they cut so many corners in the game. I—I I, I think Jason put it best when he said, "State of the K wants to be a good game. It's just the developers don't want it to be a good game." Yeah, they won't let it. So. <laughs> they won't. <laughs> yeah, I—I so. I definitely can't abide lazy ports like that. Like it drives me up the wall. So that's disappointing to hear. I am still curious if it plays better once you get a controller in there, but. It still doesn't make a huge difference if it's not optimized. Yeah, yeah. it's um, the the developer seems to. I don't want to give off the impression that the developer doesn't care, but I do think maybe they're incapable in some way because this game before it released, it did go through a short like early access beta process on Steam where it had like something like ten patches, um, and it's it, it did get a patch already like a couple days ago. Um, but it's still just like the worst parts of the game that are the most broken are the parts that still haven't even been touched. So I'm guessing it's kind of like, well, the mouse, uh, the mouse looking for the camera doesn't really work. And I guess it's just never going to because they just can't fix it because they don't know how. Yeah. And I think I think that's the big thing right there. I think if they fix the camera, it would be a much more tolerable experience. Um, you know, as, as of right now, I haven't reviewed it yet, but there, it's impo- it's impossible for this game to get a, even a three from me. I think that that camera's just too much. It's it it literally it basically renders the game unplayable. I'd say that's uh I'd say that's a fair assessment. More than fair, sir. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have a game that you can play. Okay. We party okay. you. That that is uh that is one of the ones that uh, that we spent some time with. <laughs> Uh, this weekend, and, and actually, let's talk about something happy first. <laughs> oh, I thought that was going to be the happy one. Do, do you want to do that first? All right, we can we can do that. So let's bring it up. So we we actually couldn't talk about it on last week's podcast because there was still a review embargo up. So uh, and and of course it expired like two days later. So this game's actually been out for a while at this point. But um, we have uh, both both Michael and myself spent a 
a little bit of time playing Pathogen on iOS. And uh, the review's up on the site, so I, I don't think we'll go into too much detail on it. But basically, it's a board game on the iPad. It, it's kind of like uh, Go or Reversi, mm-hmm. if you've ever played either of those two, um, where you put down pieces, essentially, and, and there's a lot of opportunity to basically take over other players' pieces. And then once the board fills up, whoever has the most pieces winds up winning. It's a really, really simple concept with just a ton of depth behind it. And I think even after all the games and all the time that that I've sunk into it, like I still don't have it completely figured out. There are still times where I'll make a move and and be like, oh, that's right. I shouldn't have done that. But it's it's a cool game. There's a lot of depth to it. It's actually this is the first experience I have with the using the iPad for for a board game kind of setup. And it works really, really well, actually. Uh, the the viewing angle is just fine, I think, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even have the full-size iPad. I have the mini. And so we've, we've been playing like four-player games, uh, you know, just on this little iPad mini screen. And uh, it's actually worked really well. So it looks, it looks nice, even though it's, I mean, it's simple. But yeah, I think it's kind of smart to stick to that simple look because it's so easy to make it look all nice and sleek. Well, and mm-hmm. if you if you go into the review, my my big issue with it is that it's it fancies itself based on diseases, but the entire thing takes place in space, <laughs> and so I yeah. it just it doesn't quite work for me in, on that level. Yeah. Um, like there's another, it, it, it's not similar in gameplay or anything, but there's another similarly similarly themed game on iPad uh, called Pandemic, which is based on a board game. And uh, Pandemic's a great example of how I think you do like a disease theme. And uh, I don't think Pathogen is even close to that. Like, I think they may as well have called it like Spaceogen. <laughs> I mean, it looks almost sure. like lights out or something with color. So yeah, I mean, yeah. it could be anything if you really wanted it to. Well, and so that's the thing is like you can present it to me and be like, these are diseases. But uh, but they're not. It's not. So, <laughs> sorry, guys. But uh, yeah, Michael and I played that uh, several times, and I seem to recall coming out ahead. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much how it went. A time or two, at least. Except for all those times I beat you, which was <laughs> all of them. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've actually won a multiplayer game yet. <laughs> you mean ever so. in your life? <laughs> I, don't, well, <laughs> I don't know why. Ahead. I just can't do it. Bad at, bad at games. When we when we finished playing Pathogen and finished finished getting my ass kicked, uh, that was when. And, and so let me finish by saying you should check it out if you have an iOS device. Uh, I I didn't even mention this in the review because it wasn't functional yet, but it does have an online mode that's actually pretty competent. Um, it'll pair pair you up with someone, your friend, yourself, not yourself, but your your friend or <laughs> <laughs> your friend or somebody else, a stranger. Um, Good if you have two and, iPads. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. So there, <laughs> fuck you. Um, but it'll pair you up with another person, and then you can essentially, uh, you know, just take your time. Basically, it's it's one of those games where you can play the game over the course of like two days, and they'll make a move and just close their phone, and then you know you'll see that they did something, and so you'll go make a move. And uh, oh, it's like those chess games in the park. Yeah, yeah, sort of. Except you're not in the park, and it takes much longer. <laughs> <laughs> It's like playing chess with a stranger and each of you just comes by in the middle of the night and moves a piece. <laughs> I would say, if nothing else, the iPad is, as far as gaming is concerned, the iPad and other tablet computers and things are really good for like board game video games. 
yeah yeah it works really yeah. well i mean it's it's very sociable but at the same time it's doing something that you couldn't do with just a regular cardboard board game i mean it's a little more complex than that so it yeah. kind of kicks it up a notch this this game would never work on on like paper it, it it just is is a little bit too complex and if even if it did work it would take forever to figure out the pieces and all that stuff and actually that's the real nice thing about the ipad for board games is there are a lot of board games that are a lot of you know fun to play but just uh you know a bitch to uh to figure out like um what's a good example this is getting a little off topic but there's a game called agricola uh which is a really complex board game it's one of the most popular ones that that i can think of and um keeping score in that game is just a goddamn nightmare. Like tallying up everything and all that stuff just sucks. And so to take that and have it all done for you uh, on the iPad is, is kind of a really nice thing. Well, I mean, that's how we stayed sane on film sets was, you know, these games on our iPhones and Blackberries and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's really handy to have around. It's a, and this it's, sounds like a new, new fun one to infect all my friends with. It's it's a good showing, and it, it actually I was worried that it wouldn't work very well on the iPhone, uh, but it, they've actually pretty much covered that as well. Like the grid is a little too big, I think, for the iPhone screen, but uh, they they address that pretty nicely. And uh, I know a few people playing it now on iPhone, and it's working pretty good for them. So you know, and, as soon as you said bad at games, I just had like this this vision enter my head of like your tombstone, like when someday when you're dead, uh, God forbid, uh, it says just says Jared bad at games. <laughs> That's a pretty good tombstone. <laughs> it's better than better than some of the other things someone might be inclined to write on it. But yeah, I and I didn't even mention the most important thing, which is if any of that sounded interesting, uh, the game is only two ninety nine on the App Store, which I think if you look at most like board game conversions, they're like ten fifteen dollars. Um, yeah. And so to to have this for that low, like I, I actually think they're they're kind of giving it away a little too cheap. I, I think it's probably a four ninety nine kind of level of game. But if you if you have a device like that, I would definitely recommend checking it out and uh, and giving it a try because there's a lot yeah. to do in it. Great game, great price. Definitely yeah. recommend it. Yeah, well done. Better ingredients, better pizza, Papa John's. Hey, speaking of better ingredients, the uh, the other game. <laughs> Yeah, bring bring that one together for us. The other game that we played a little bit is uh, is We Party You, um, aka Nintendo's desperate attempt to release anything for the Wii U. <laughs> Dear God, please buy it. <laughs> it's endorsed by Wayne Brady, so how can it be bad? <laughs> well, you know it's funny because if you look at Wayne Brady's marketing material, there are I think four videos, uh, and they're all centered around this family playing the game. Uh, with their children, so like two sets of parents and then like four kids. And um, there's at least one video where, and I'm not making this up, this is their best marketing material that they could do. There is at least one video where the the adults play the game and all of the children fall asleep. They leave <laughs> into the other room and like pass out in the kitchen in, in a fashion where if you saw that, you would be worried and call the police and or, or call an ambulance or something. <laughs> Spooky. And as you'll find out, those kids are actually the luckier of the two parties because this thing is awful. Uh, he he, Michael hated it a lot more than I did, um, and maybe that's because I, <laughs> I imagine that would have been so. <laughs> maybe that's because I had some time to play Wii Party before, so I kind of I had at least an idea 
of what I was getting into. So if you're not familiar with, with the original Wii Party, Wii Party U is the same thing. It's uh, it's basically 80 mini games wrapped around this uh, whatever kind of shell they can think of. It's it's a board game or or something. There's a, there's a bunch of different modes. I would basically describe it as a cross between WarioWare uh, and uh, and Mario Party. Some kind of like little combination of the two, except not good like those two series <laughs> usually are. I mean, it's it's a it's a quantity over quality kind of thing. Like, I don't think you can make eighty mini games and have them all be winners. Like, eventually they start to just become derivative of each other, and uh, you know, just unfun. And like, there were a couple that we played. Like, there's one that's uh, basically I thought it was kind of clever. It's kind of like a Pictionary game where you pass the the uh, game pad around and everybody draws a picture, uh, and it describes to you what you should draw. And two, uh, if you if you're playing with like four people, for example, three of them all get the same thing that they draw, but one person gets to draw something slightly different. But they're able to make the descriptions so that what you're drawing actually will wind up looking the same as everybody else's. I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah. But for so example, like, the one that we got, yeah. there was a three people got a plate of spaghetti, and then one person got a pile of rope. Ah. Yeah. I see. Yeah. And like I saw one that was uh, three people got a dinosaur and one person got a bearded dragon. And then your your goal is yeah. to figure out which one is not right. The problem is, is that when you're playing with some people who've had a drink or two, <laughs> about half of them wind up being dicks. Right. Actually, I think I think at least one well, of them, all well, of them listen, wound up being listen, dicks. Listen, this is Nintendo. This is a family friendly company. You are not meant to be drinking while playing these games. Did you even watch the commercial? Their kids were there. Well, I'm actually surprised that I'm actually surprised that the like the Meverse uh, technology wasn't there to stop the penis from being drawn because I know that <laughs> Nintendo has developed anti uh, penis software. But Is, was that for real? I thought it was a rumor. <laughs> no, 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 that's real. They they literally designed anti penis software, and if you go onto the Meverse, you will actually have a very hard time finding. Uh, a penis or almost any inappropriate content. I have never seen an online community that is better moderated than that. Like the second you even think of posting something bad, they are on it. It's gone. Like it's almost like Minority Report where they're like doing pre-crime shit and like I should draw a dick and then boom, your account's banned. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure because when I was trying, uh, when I was trying to play uh, Pokemon, I wanted to name my sword. Pokemon, that's the thing. Something really cute. I wanted to name it Spice Edge. And it's like, we're not going to allow that name. And I'm like, why wouldn't you allow Spice Edge? So you guys, you guys, need, you guys can just break it down. The yeah. first four letters. I'm like, oh, okay. Spice oh, Edge. Oh, I got it. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it, was, it was pretty uh, fascist. See, but Nintendo's the racist. I wasn't even thinking of that. And <laughs> they're just like, they're obsessed with it. Did you try like Dildomon? I did not. I could try it next. Next thing I catch, I'll try. <laughs> Give that it. a try next. Yeah. Um, the well, and you know, speaking of, of fascist Nintendo, we kind of skipped over this uh, a little while ago, but um, you know, they pulled uh, the the note swap or swap note on the 3DS, so that you can't use that anymore. They disabled the service because children were using it, and they were they were doing what every human being does as soon as you put a stylus into their hand, which is drawing dicks. <laughs> I don't know if you guys heard about this at all, but that the service is, is disabled. You can't access any, it anymore because uh, if you have children, let's face it, you're probably doing a shit job of raising them. 
And you're probably going to try and sue Nintendo when they see a black and white dick on on the on the little TV screen. Yes. So didn't that didn't that just come out? Because I remember there was an update from my thing. It just got disabled. It's been it's been on the system since it very first came out. Oh really? Uh, But now you don't. So that sucks for you because you didn't know about it, and now you. Yeah, because mine just updated to give me that piece of shit, and I can't use it now. (laughs) Have fun with that. Um, but yeah, we, we part of you, most of the games, I think you can kind of break down into the problem of the, there's really no strategy to a lot of them. It's just, you know, very random, you know, shake the remote and maybe you'll win or, you know, guess, guess which rock the, the marble or, you know, guess which coconut shell the, the marble is under. And it's just random stuff like that. And it, it doesn't, the weirdest game was actually the first one that, that our group played. And I wasn't there when they were playing it, but basically uh, one person takes the game pad and treats it like a point of sale system at a fast food restaurant. And then all the players scream at that person, what order, what they want to order basically off a menu. And his job is to enter them all into the point of sale system and then as trays come out, he has to put each meal together and then give it to the people and they confirm whether or not he got it right. So basically, you work at McDonald's in We Party You. <laughs> it's Minimum Wage Simulator 2013. That's a good, it's good training for the next generation because that's all they'll be able to do. But I don't. I don't really have a problem with the games that much. Like they're fun. They're they're okay. They're, it's a really which ones are fun. Well, <laughs> <laughs> which one did you have a heart full of joy while playing? Okay, maybe that's an exaggeration. A little bit. <laughs> Was it the one where you tried on hats, and if you tried on the wrong hat, you didn't get any points? <laughs> Or was it the one where you went into the cave of conundrums and you had to pick randomly one through three and two of them were wrong? Because I had a blast doing that. <laughs> I was I was very tired by the end of the night. And so I don't, maybe I'm not recalling it all properly. My, my big issue with the game is my same issue that I have with a lot of Nintendo games, which is that everything takes fucking forever. Like... To go into that cave and pick one, two, or three is like a a ten minute process because the the stupid ass mascot has to pop up on the screen. I haven't even mentioned him. His name's Whoopi, and <laughs> he's, he's in We Party as well. And he he doesn't talk. He doesn't speak English. He just he just goes boo da boo da boo da boo da boo, and he'll pop up and he'll do his little boo da boo da boo da, and and you read the text for the game, and uh, and then he eventually goes away someday and lets you pick your stuff but it just takes forever and they always have to assume that you're stupid and you obviously weren't paying attention when the last person did it because everybody needs to have the explanation for what to do and you have to keep slamming on a like just get to it already i'm ready and um that's that's the big issue with that game to me is that everything just takes way too long Uh, well not everything because his introduction to how to play the game takes like three minutes for a game that takes literally like five seconds, like it'll yeah. give you a tutorial on how to roll the dice when it's just roll the fucking dice. <laughs> roll the dice and you're good to go. I don't, I don't know, you guys. I'm not sure the host of Let's Make a Deal would lie to me. Well, okay, we'll talk about Wayne Brady in a second, but <laughs> I will say probably the most exciting thing about the game was when we were playing the awful board game. The gamepad was starting to run out of batteries, so the most fun we had was seeing if we could finish before it would die. And we did. 
it was the closest thing to a success that whole evening. Sounds yeah, we, great. We finished the game pretty good. And oh man, there's just so much wrong with it's it's just not fun. Like we we party yes. had had its moments, but uh or is it we no wait, 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 wait. Shit in my mouth. I'm not even thinking of we party uh, that I had fun with. I'm thinking <laughs> I'm thinking of we play. That one was fun because it had like table tennis and pool and yeah. all this other stuff. Oh yeah, nothing like that in We Party You. Never mind. We We Party was bad. I don't like that one. <laughs> we play was the good one. Um and, and actually, you know, that's kind of a funny comparison because like uh in We Play there was there was pool. Like you could play pool. And in this game, there are parts where it looks like you're going to play pool, but what you actually do is you control a character on the screen and you run away from pool balls as they shoot around the screen. <laughs> There was like this chance where I was like, oh boy, we get to play like a fun game and do something. Uh, and then you just run away from balls. And running away from balls, there are at least like four mini games built around that. It's- and you know, this is actually one of the games that it really does take advantage of the Wii U gamepad. But I mean, one, just none of the games are fun. But when you get four people passing around one gamepad, it takes a game that already takes way too long to get started and makes it take even longer. I think that uh, I think they still haven't reached the success that Nintendo Land had. Um, like, matter of fact, after the after the group that we had over was playing We Party You for a little bit, they eventually I didn't interfere at all. No, they they turned the game off and put in Nintendo Land and played Mario <laughs> Chase, which is still a great game. Like, it's really really good. But I guess they just can't figure out how to do that again because I don't have a Wii U and CNET named it it's fourth worst tech gift you can get this season the worst tech gift the fourth worst tech dick can you tech gift. okay so i i don't want a tech dick um i, I didn't say <laughs> tech dick can you tell me can you tell me what the other three are like what's the uh fitness band was at number three a dvd player i think was at number five oh, Matt, uh, uh, blackberry was at number one anything blackberry and a google chromebook google chromebook that was a that was google. the other one <laughs> so those are your, those are the five worst tech gifts that you can get for anyone this holiday season. All right, all right. Well, there we go. I, my shopping list is ready. Thank you, CNET. <laughs> Thank you, CNET. Thanks, CNET. <laughs> hey, once you're done reading that fun article on CNET, go to download.com and get a couple Trojans. All right, <laughs> fucking CNET. But but it's verified CNET clean. That was actual news this morning, though. You know, everyone frenzied over that. It was like, oh, how can you be so mean to Nintendo? I, I actually didn't see that one at all. Um, I think I, I'm so tired of defending this system. <laughs> I think the Wii U is good. I really think it could be good. It's it's just, oh man, they just can't can't do it. Mario Land is is this month, and then I think that's pretty much it for Wii U games for the year. Uh, so maybe maybe they'll clinch it. Maybe this will finally seal the deal, and we'll be good to go. It's really hard to keep standing here and be like, it's good, guys, really. <laughs> look, look how much fun I'm not having. But uh, yeah, We Party You um, is is definitely a pass, unless you're really desperate or bored. It, I mean, it is a budget title. Uh, mm-hmm. The game the game comes with a remote. You get a Motion Plus remote, um, and I think it's like only 50 bucks. Maybe it was even 40 I'm not sure. I believe it's 50 because it's a $40 controller and a $10 game. Yeah, that sounds about right. So. $10 being generous. Yeah, but I mean, you can at least play it for 15 minutes and feel like you did something. 
I haven't yourself sad again. It's 80 games. I haven't played all 80. I I don't know if I will play all 80, but I'm 80 things. What if I find like the best one? But what if you find one that's so bad that it puts you in a wheelchair? I mean, some people would play Wii Sports and they would just play the bowling. They didn't even give a shit about the rest. They just bowled forever. Yeah. So what if I find that? What if this has bowling in it? Except like it's better bowling. Well, first, you'll have to spend five minutes in between each round learning how to play the game again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Whoopi, what can't you do? Oh, good old Whoopi. And then instead of bowling, you'll probably be like a little, what do you call them, the Mies, and you'll be running away from a bowling ball. (laughs) That actually is probably a realistic... uh, That that game is probably on there. Go take a look now. It's it's basically just you running away from people actually playing real games. (laughs) That's kind of what it felt like. It is. It's a run from fun. That's basically what it was. You were like, oh boy, billiards. And you're like, oh, oh no, it's just a run away from ball game. We party run from fun. Just just another run from ball game. Oh yeah, Wayne Brady. We'll do a video review for this one because I feel like we should. (laughs) A video review on Wayne Brady? No, on We Party You, but we'll include Wayne Brady because he's a big part of uh, why we bothered to pick this up. I almost when when I watched the Wayne Brady videos, I almost went out and bought We Party You like that night. It's like one a.m. at night, and I'm a little buzzed, and we're watching these, and I'm like, I think I need this right now. Well, I mean, when you consider, you know, the guy who was in Roll Bounce, and let's see, he was in Crossover, 2006. That was a classic, and he was James Simpson on How I Met Your Mother. Then he was in Dirt. Everyone loves that. I have not seen a single one of those. <laughs> he was on Whose Lines Anyway, which I always love to watch. So Yeah, then he was also on Fast and Loose. And he was in Food Fight, so don't forget that one. And then Trust Us With Your Life, two episodes. Uh, Sophia the First, where he played Clover the Rabbit. And I'm still zero for zero. <laughs> Very story Is it like a black people thing that you know what every other black person has been in? Um, I could say that or I could just say I'm on Wikipedia right now. Oh, yeah. So you you had to make it not about race (laughs) (laughs) at a time when it so needed to be. But yeah, go watch the Wayne Bradio videos. They're way more fun than we part of you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they they Uh, did their job. Yeah. And you could go check out Wayne Brady's other hit quick wits. Oh, he was he was in the legend of Spyro Dawn of the Dragon. Uh, There you go. As Sparks. A sparks spelled <laughs> with an X. And to I answer your extreme, to answer your question, Michael, I know that because I'm black. So what? What's uh, what's new with you, Jason? Uh, um, rain, blood, mirage. Is it rain, blood, mirage, or it, is it blood rain? It, it's rain, blood. Oh no, blood rain's the vampire right, chick. Right. I, I have to keep catching myself. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna play some blood rain or rain, blood. Rain blood, something other word, and then mirage. I don't know. The the details of the game are always vague to me, even though I'm actually playing the game. So, so, so what is it exactly? Uh, to put it very briefly, it's it's like a side scroller beat 'em up kind of thing. It's told like some sort of weird Chinese story that I'm assuming is made by actual Chinese people because the English translation on everything is uh, has already made me giggle several times because it just doesn't make any sense. So that's why that's part of why it's hard for me to understand what's going on in the game. I mean, as far as the story goes, it's not horrible. It's just like really tough to follow. And if you asked me what's going on right now, I wouldn't be able to tell you. Basically, you play as 
I believe they're brothers, and you can switch between them at any time. So one of the brothers can sort of poof out of existence and then pop up like somewhere else. It's basically just like a very short range, like blink ability. And the other brother has like this key charge, which when you use it, it just like puts this little yellow icon next to you. And then when like the next time you attack, it'll shoot a projectile or you can use it to double jump. I, honestly, I haven't used that brother very much because every single time you do his three-hit combo, he goes, <laughs> and I can't fucking stand it, like, every single time, so I, I just can't use him. Uh, but also, he kind of sucks anyway, so, or at least I suck at using him, so it's not much of a big loss. Uh, because with the other brother, you can pretty much just keep, like, blinking past enemies, like, right when, when they're right when they're about to attack. I don't really... It could, could be worse. He could have been whoopy. Yeah, he could have been whoopy. Maybe that would have been an improvement. I don't know. Who am I no. to say? No, it would not have been. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of basic in the sense that you're just running through levels. You're you're beating up on, you know, the minion units. You got a couple archers here and there up on uh, rooftops. Uh, and then at the end, you fight like a big boss who is kind of a dick and does a lot of big extravagant attacks that you often can't block so you get killed a lot or i got killed a lot because i guess i'm just bad at it i was in a really bad mood last night and um i was like getting really mad at the game probably wasn't the game's fault i just happened to be in a, a sour mood so i was just like really flipping my shit over how hard it was to play and then i was like it had only just occurred to me i was like i, I could probably just go in and rebind the keys and so i did and it improved things greatly <laughs> i was so blinded by rage at the time that i couldn't even think straight but now now you're better i i i think we're, we're learning a lesson here um for all the boys and girls out there in podcast land from bioshock to rain blood and state of decay always rebind your keys yeah it's, you just got to <laughs> you just have to I had actually thought about it after I, I, you know, set the keys to something else. I was like, you know, this is probably made by a couple of Chinese guys and they probably have a different keyboard. And even though like they have the WASD set correctly, it's still like a lot of stuff was just really way too weird and out there. And they probably just didn't like get to test it on an English keyboard or something. But I mean, that, um, that could be... I I don't. Game. I don't really know where it came from. It just kind of showed up on on Steam, and the trailer looked kind of cool. So, yeah. I mean, we should know better than doing things for things that showed up on Steam. Long live the Queen! Showed up on Steam. <laughs> oh, for God's sake! I'll buy it. Is that what? Is that what I need to do? If I buy it and play it and talk about it on one podcast, will you never speak of it again? I don't think I've spoken of it before. <laughs> We've lost two weeks not, of our not, lives listening to you on... talk about this game. <laughs> Did we talk about Long Live the Queen last week on the podcast? I don't think you, I don't think you mentioned uh, it on the podcast. No, no. But okay, so this is this see. is basically the new cherry and, high and, bullshit, and we're not going to start now. <laughs> we're definitely not going to start now. I mean, it doesn't look completely horrible, but it doesn't look good either. That's about how I would describe well, Brain. That's our review. Let's leave it at that. It's, it's not horrible, <laughs> but it's not good for me. Actually, it's probably good for somebody, and I'm probably not going to give it a low score. Because there are some cool aspects about it. If you can actually like read half the stuff that's going on, you get like a safe house that you can go back to between levels. 
uh, and the levels are actually really friggin' long. I beat one boss at one point, and I thought the level was over because I had already been in there for like 20 minutes. And it's like, no, you got to keep going. And I'm like, okay, I-, I hope I get to stop at some point so I can just like take a break. And, you know, it's like 20 minutes later, I come to another boss and finally it let me finish the first level or it felt like 20 minutes. But you go back to your safe house and you can basically buy and equip like these passive upgrades. Like I bought a ring that lets me regenerate health and you can upgrade your combos and so, like, if you want your three-hit combo to do more damage, you pay to upgrade that. And uh, you just spend, like, coins that you get by killing enemies and breaking urns and things. So, uh, it's not a bad game. It's just, like, you have to be into that sort of thing. You gotta be into the whole Chinese motif and uh, the sort of high-difficulty side-scrolling brawler thing. The fact that you can't block, which is a bit annoying. So, uh, you gotta dodge everything, which isn't always easy i don't know i'll just have to play some more after after research it a little more because it it sounds like something that that maybe is kind of cool i'll have to it looks a lot like um it looks like a clay or is that how you say their name the the guys who made shank and mark of the ninja and yeah it feels a lot like shank in the sense that you know it's kind of just like sort of pre-drawn cartoon animation but uh Maybe, maybe just more inspired by like fighting game controls yeah, it's definitely more like playing a fighting game than maybe something a little bit, I guess, dumber. So, you know, you don't like, you don't just have like, oh, this is your punch button and then th- you press this button to throw people. It's like constantly be moving and you got to constantly be using your special powers. And if you stop for a second, then your like little power bar very drastically goes down. And that's kind of like your it's like a rating for how you're doing like in the last couple seconds so it'll go from e to d then c b a i don't know why it goes down to e but um (laughs) but yeah i I guess they don't do grading the same way or something so but yeah i got an e when i finished the first level because i guess i just wasn't mixing it up enough so I'm, i'm bad at it or something bad at games Bad at games. Rest, rest bad in games. peace, Jason. Bad at games. That's the theme. <laughs> and I found I found the company info. So there's like some indie from Singapore. Yeah. Oh, there yeah, you go. It's uh it's in the Unity engine. So uh seems like a lot of new indies are picking that up. So I sorta of, I sort of caught on that maybe they're new because a lot of new developers are going into Unity, so it's a pretty good game if you're into it. I just got to keep playing a few more levels and see how far I can get before I just kind of get completely stuck because I feel like I will at some point because I really suck at the game. And it took me until after I beat the first level to realize that you had to actually equip the passives that you unlock. You can't just like unlock them. You have to put them onto your open slot or whatever. Oh, yeah. So I went through an entire level not really not realizing I didn't have my health regeneration. So I was like evading the first boss and thinking, oh, my health regen is going to kick in any second now, and then it never did. So that's always a nice feeling, though. When you, I've had that happen to me in games before, where like I, I, I go through them and I'm like, man, this is kind of hard, and you just keep like soldiering through, and uh, and eventually get to the, the, you know, the end or something, and you find out like months later, they're like, why didn't you use your potions? And you're like, I had potions. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that. That and, changes um, everything. I, I guess one good thing is even if you're bad at it, like I am. If you die, like even in the middle of a boss fight, it doesn't 
there is no setback whatsoever because it just asks you if you want to pay something. I don't know what that something is. I just know that I had them. So I paid that and I came back just like right there where I died. And the boss was still just as bruised as he was when I died. And I was able to just continue on and basically keep dying and paying to come back to life until I beat him. <laughs> so that's nice. That sounds ripe for microtransactions. Uh, yes, probably. I want to talk uh, next-gen stuff a little bit before we wrap up, but I, did Michael, did you want to talk about your, your game that you played this week? Or Oh, yeah, just real quickly. I uh, picked up another perspective, which is just a small little indie title by uh, developer Sean JS. I, I think that's his name, actually. But it's, uh, it's a pretty cool little title. Um, it's a puzzle platformer where you get your little hero who he has to get keys to unlock doors up on platforms out of reach or what have you. So what you do is you get other versions of yourself in the room and by switching between perspectives, it not only allows you to use your other self as like a jumping block, you know, you can jump over pits using your frozen version, but each uh, version of you will have a different perspective of the room. Like it'll have different platforms, different uh, pits, you know, different challenges. So by alternating between the two, you can, uh, that's how you solve the puzzles. And you know, it's a really short game. I think I finished it in about 30 minutes, but it was a really good, I mean, one, it's just kind of an innovative concept, but it was a really good mix of like being difficult without getting to the point where you just get frustrated and pissed off. Like, I think I spent the whole game feeling pleasantly challenged. So, well, I needed uh, to ask something because something wasn't like clear to me because yeah. I, I guess it's just hard to explain, but when you switch Certainly. to a different perspective, is that like, mm. is that like morphing the level or something? Yeah, yeah, the level becomes, you know, some things will remain there, like some things are constant, but for example, you might be in a room where you need to get on a key that's too high to jump to. By switching to your other, your other version, there may now be a new platform that you can jump onto to get the key. Sounds like a pretty good idea. I don't know if any other games used that before, uh, not that I know of. It's a really simple mechanic, but it works really well for making challenging puzzles because, yeah. you know, like you'll be using your guy to make a a platform over a bridge, but then you may need to bring in another guy to you know make the next jumping step or to stop that guy from falling to his death. And it was a lot of fun. Like I said, I just the only thing is it was just a little too short. I wanted more when I was finished. The the way you describe it makes it sound a little to me like um, at least the way the puzzles are structured, you make it kind of sound like Portal a little bit. And what I mean by that is like I always felt like Portal had really really good puzzle difficulty because there were a lot of parts in that game where like I'd get stuck but I never mm. I never got so stuck that I had to like go on the internet and look it up mm. it was always something where I'm like okay well if I just sit in this room and think for a little bit I'll figure it out and get through it um, yeah and that's exactly how I felt about this one and one of the good things it does is you know you can get to a point where you will like get your guy stuck somewhere we can't get him out of or something but you just you hit the R button and it resets the level or if you fall to your death and you die, it resets really quickly. So you don't have to sit around waiting and, you know, you never break up that flow. Like, uh, you ever play Super Meat Boy? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Like that. It's just, it's really quick. You know, you, you, you splat and then you're instantly more. at the start again. Exactly. If you can't figure out a puzzle, you just, you can kind of play around with it and you don't have to, you don't have to like sit down and like draw out a map or anything. It's just, you know, you tool around with it until you figure it out and it's, you're happy when it does. It's, it was great. Well, it's good. I think that's the most glowing review of this <laughs> of this podcast. Yeah, definitely. I I would say you know go go pick it up. It's fun. 
maybe aside from Pathogen, I like how both the games that we liked this week are like the minor, in, <laughs> inconsequential five to two dollar purchases. Hey, they're yeah. both winners. I wanted to. We we talked about it a little bit in in chat today, but we haven't really talked about it on the podcast at all or in person. We're getting new consoles Friday, and and then again the Friday afterwards. And I feel like mm-hmm. we haven't really addressed them too much, uh, too much on the podcast. And I think part of that is because at least two of the people here, for the most part, don't really have a horse in the race at all. Well, well, well. I'm I'm all up on the ouya. Well, yeah, yeah. That's what I meant <laughs> is that you've already made your decision to you know just play Towerfall for the rest of your life. Um, but we've been talking a lot about like hardware specs and uh i guess what i've been really disillusioned with with, so far has been how little next gen feels like another gen uh up Mm. until this point like i i don't know if i linked you guys to it today but dead rising 3 they they said that they locked it in at 30 frames so it's got a 30 frame lock but uh digital foundry did a bunch of tests on it and routinely the game dips down to like 17 frames per second. Yeah. Like, it's not hard for them to make it happen. And it's it's really disappointing because A, this game started as a 360 title, so that's kind of sad. And then B, I, I mean, like I said, it's just not next-gen. Like I, I don't know if you guys remember that list that, that I sent over of all the Xbox One install game sizes. But mm-hmm. like, how did we suddenly get to 40 gigs being average for a game? I mean, it's it's all bloat for the most part. If you really like, if you were to like just completely rip the usable parts of a game off of a lot of these discs, what you'll find is, um, you know, you'll find like ten gigabytes of multilingual voiceover, and you'll find, you know, maybe like another five gigabytes of cutscenes and things like that. But then they also do things like they'll they'll not compress the audio because they seem to think it makes a difference. Personally, I don't think it does. I don't think there's a difference between uncompressing audio and just having like a really high bit rate. I think that that argument maybe could be, and I'm not really an audiophile, but I think that you can make that argument a little bit when you start getting into, you know, home theater connections and optical audio and, and all that kind of stuff. But I'm sure that like, you know, for just PC speakers or something like that, it probably doesn't uh, make as, as big of a difference. But I, I don't know. I'm I'm interested to see kind of how this is all going to go down because so far it's been pretty underwhelming. Uh, I, I think I mentioned to you guys I finally got a chance to go play an Xbox One uh, the other day, and it just doesn't feel it doesn't feel like that leap that we've had in the past. Like mm-hmm. like Forza, um, the For I, I got to play Forza and Killer Instinct, and Forza was so slow. Like it may have just been because I was, you know, other people were waiting to play and I'm standing there. Um, But it just took forever to start up. Like you pick your car and you wait forever and you find out that all you were waiting for was to pick a color and then you pick a color and then you wait again. And like the race still hasn't started because now you have to pick whether or not you want assistance on the race. And then you pick that and then you wait again and then finally you're racing. But first you have to watch the unskippable racing introduction it took so long. Just all, all I, I didn't even really want to play Forza because I don't care. Um, all I wanted was to just feel the triggers because now the triggers have rumble built into them. And uh, it took a ridiculous amount of time to get to the point where I could just do that. The last jump didn't feel like as huge of a jump as it should have either. And I think now that we're at the end of the generation, we could say, yeah, we've seen some games that definitely pushed the limits and couldn't be done on the consoles that came before them. But 
you know, at the time, it still wasn't a major jump. And I, I feel like you don't really see what the consoles can do until they start to push it towards the end of its lifespan. It's like, and I think this is true for every console generation. I guess, I guess the reason why I'm bummed out about it a little bit is because this is uh, where we have all these games that are split gen, where they took all these games that were being developed on the previous generation and ported them over to the new generation. So like Battlefield 4, uh, Black Flag, um, what else is there? I mean, Dead Rising counts, even though it, it's not a 360 game anymore. It was going to be a 360 game. And so like to see these games that are struggling to run on this hardware... And they're not even like they're they're last year's games. Like I, I don't know. <laughs> well, it, it could be a, for a number of reasons. I mean, we know that the the power of the hardware doesn't necessarily mean anything if the software itself is is borked in some way, like state right. of decay, mm-hmm. where <laughs> it doesn't matter what you throw at it; it's not going to run properly just because it, it's fucked from the inside. But well, and I know that that's just how launch titles are. Like it just it takes a you know it takes time to learn how to use a new system. And, uh, and and to optimize for that system, et cetera, et cetera. And so, I mean, launch titles are always bad. Like, they're, they're, they're never good. And not only are they usually, like, the ugliest games, but they're also the worst games because you don't have to bundle a brand new console with a killer app. You just release garbage and people are... It's sold out anyway. Like, both consoles are all sold out despite all the bad press that the Xbox One got. But I don't know, like just knowing that they were both switching back to x86 architecture, I would have thought that they would have had an easier time optimizing these titles uh, than they have. And it just it's I don't know. It's well, kind of sad. <clears throat> that all being said, uh, Luigi's Mansion was a fucking great launch title. I thought I enjoyed that very much. Yeah, but it wasn't it wasn't it, it turned out to be a good game. But it, it, it's kind of what I'm talking about, where it wasn't a killer app. Like it wasn't something where um, like the closest that I can think of is probably the Wii. And I think this is one of the reasons why the Wii had such a great launch is because it launched with Twilight Princess. And, you know, it launched with a core Zelda game. And even though it was a core Zelda game that was coming out on the GameCube too, it doesn't change the fact that it was a core Zelda game that they released the system with. And I think that's one of the reasons why it was, you know, so sought after was because they, they bundled it up with software that people actually wanted. What a strange concept. Well, what I, I, mean, I wanted think, to ask you, that's... though, is... is... Because you keep talking about the performance, but you never once mentioned like how like does does it look better? No, that was my other problem. Is Forza yeah. Forza didn't really look that much improved. Um, the, the my my best experience just playing with the system in general and Killer Instinct doesn't look any better either. Like there's nothing going on with it that uh, really was that impressive. My best experiences was actually seeing them d- demo the Connect. Well, actually, I take that back because they. I only saw it get used once and it's it's in the middle of a crowded mall. So I guess it was impressive that it worked at all. Um, But the, I I do think that the argument for power is probably a better one, especially given how consoles run when, you know, when the Xbox and the 360 um, respectively were released, it was more about, you know, the kind of power that we were seeing from them because we hadn't seen power like that before. You know, obviously I always prefer more power, better graphics. But, you know, at the same time, I'm not really that concerned about it. Like, I mean, if they give me a generation of games that the hardware can't run, then, yes, I'm going to be mad. But I think uh, uh, Jason pointed out last time that we're getting systems that are already underpowered compared to what I get if I picked up a PC. You know, if I put together a gaming PC, I could do much better than this. So, really, I'm not getting these consoles for their amazing graphics or 
I'm getting them for the game. So if they make fun games, yeah, I want them to look good, but it just, it doesn't, it's not going to bother me that much yeah. if they run it, you know, 700 billion. <laughs> Graphics are going to have this diminishing returns effect also where, mm. you know, there was the difference between like the Nintendo 64 and the GameCube was like massive just because everything on Nintendo 64 was like people's heads were made of like 15 polygons with like all their facial features textured on. And then you move up to, you know, GameCube, PS2 and things like that. And suddenly everybody's got like actual modeled facial features. He's got a nose. Yeah, he's got a nose finally. But you bring that past to several more console cycles and there haven't been any other big obvious graphical changes since then and we always say like oh this looks realistic this is photorealistic because i think people were even saying that at like about the n64 at some point but i think it's actually starting to become more true and so you know we can get games that look real on the current gen consoles and so what's going to look better than real on the next gen consoles when the playstation 3 was released there was absolutely nothing that looked amazing on it. And then the amazing looking games all came later. Metal Gear Solid 4 was the first one that actually looked like anything. And it's like, oh, okay, so this is next gen power. Then Uncharted came out and with those environments. And we're like, oh, okay, so this is what the console is able of. And I think, like I said, I think that's true of everything. It's- the power is not going to just go to graphics anymore. And I'm sort of right. making like a prediction here, but mark my words what the power is going to start translating to at this point is no longer going to be visual. It's going to be what's going on behind the scenes. It's going to be now you can break things dynamically. Now there's, you know, hundreds of, of real physical chunks of things falling and now there's fluid physics. You're going to start getting more of that, but the actual way everything looks probably isn't going to really change anymore. I don't really have an issue with the fact that it's not pretty. Like I'm not, I'm not mad that it doesn't look that much better than what the previous gen looked like. What I'm what I'm upset about is that it it runs like ass. Like the performance, right. uh, and I the think- the fact that they can't get above these frame frame caps. The the fact that um, you know they've been given all this more hardware. And, and I I get what you mean because they probably will get above those caps, or at least I I would hope that they will. Mm-hmm. Um, and and maybe it's just because devs are are really you know divided up right now. Like I I can't imagine the nightmare that it must be to take a game like Assassin's Creed Black Flag and release it on, you know, five different platforms. That's that's a pretty crazy thing to do. So, I mean, I can empathize a little bit, but I, I guess what all I'm saying is I hope it gets better. Well, if you want, yeah. some, if you want some positive hope for the future, um, do you remember... Do you remember back in the GameCube days, there was Star Wars Rogue Squadron? Yeah, yeah. That, not Rogue Squadron, it was... Um, Rogue Leader? Uh, yeah, I think it yeah. was Rogue Leader. If you remember, aside from like the, the obvious like, was... needed limitations, like the resolution being low because it's a GameCube, it really looked like a, a Wii or maybe like a, a 360 game at the time. I mean, it, I, even, I think it still looks pretty damn good today. It just looks really fucking fantastic. And it just shows that, you know, the developers are almost ultimately in control because I mean, I've looked at the hardware stats on all the next gen consoles and it looks for the most part, a lot of it's better than my computer right now. So I'm just thinking in terms of, OK, yeah, throw all you got at it. But if they can't run a racing game, then that's definitely entirely the developer's fault. And I, they're just going to have to get better at it. And 
uh, hopefully it doesn't take too long. Yeah, I think and things once... will improve. I mean, if yeah. not, I'll be really mad, but <laughs> I think they'll get better. But thanks, guys. Uh, Maybe feel it... better. Should we hit the dusty trail, gentlemen? Well, yes. I think you said you had a couple of shout outs you wanted to uh Yeah, yeah. Shout I, out. I did. Um let me let me pull them up on Twitter. We had a we had a couple people in the last week or two uh mention us on Twitter and, and that was very nice of them. And so I wanted to just do that. But you shout have... out at us and, and we shout right back at you. We we shout at you, you fuckers. Yeah. Well, um, there goes all that goodwill. No, I wanted I wanted to say thank you to to uh, the uh, Twitter user at Hannah Bot. That's a bot with a zero, who uh, who gave us a nice shout out for the podcast. And then uh, also I think um, I think we had Elspeth Eastman who uh, included us in a in a follow Friday, which was uh, nice of her. So thank thank you guys for for following us. And uh, I, I actually I think we're gonna try and maybe get people talking about the podcast a little more. So if you want to mention the podcast on Twitter. Um, use the use the hashtag enemy podcast. I don't think anybody's using that one. And if they are, fuck them. We're going to take if it. If they are, they're definitely not using enemy slime podcast. No, no, no. It's just enemy podcast. Keep it short. 140 characters. Yeah. Come on, guys. Get well, it together. Well, Get your head in the game. My head's in the game. My head's in the game. I am the game. So if you if you like the show, uh, if you don't like the show, if you want to tell people how bad it is and make them listen to it, that's fine too. Uh, just send, you know, tweet at us. Use the hashtag Enemy Podcast. We'll start using it too, and uh, that'd be real cool. So, thank you guys for listening so far. And if you're not following us on Twitter, you should. It's Twitter.com/slash uh, The Enemy Slime. We're on Facebook as well at The Enemy Slime. And uh, pretty soon, I swear to God, pretty soon we'll be on YouTube. Uh, if they ever fix that godforsaken comment thing that they did. Uh, but we'll we'll be on the YouTubes and I guess the Google Plus now. That one I think we actually have enemy slime. So just youtube.com slash enemy slime. There's nothing there right now, but there will be. There will so, be. So help me God. I'll kill every single one of you. I mean I mean uh, we're out. <laughs> Perfect. Possibly forever.